this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath last week the supreme court asked the center for data that could point to a more dignified less painful and socially more acceptable method of executing prisoners other than death by hanging a bench of chief justice of india dy chandrachud and justice ps narasimha even mooted this idea of uh, setting up an expert committee to relook at india's method of carrying out the death penalty the alternatives discussed included death by lethal injection lethal gas and even firing squad among others the court was hearing a petition filed by advocate rishi malhotra challenging the constitutionality of death by hanging as a mode of execution section 354.5 of the code of criminal procedure mandates that a person sentenced to death shall within quotes be hanged by the neck till he is dead quotes close so malhotra argued that there was a need to evolve a within quotes humane quick and decent alternative he termed hanging as cruel and barbarous compared to lethal injection so is death by hanging cruel and barbaric are there more humane methods as it were of execution and is the goal of protection of human dignity and eliminating cruelty compatible with any mode of execution that is with capital punishment itself we explore all these questions and more in this episode of in focus and we have with us today maitri mishra who's with project 39a and is director death penalty mitigation at national law university delhi maitri thank you so much for joining us thank you so much uh, sampath for having me so maitri uh, to start with the supreme court wants uh, data on more humane methods of execution so what kind of data are we talking about here because as far as i understand humane or uh, cruelty is a matter that is subjective it's a matter of cultural judgment how can humaneness or cruelty be quantified into data right and that's a really good question because like you pointed out that uh, cruelty and pain are a subjective experience but over the years there have been particularly because in countries where death penalty exists and therefore modes of execution need to exist uh there have been some data collected which uh, the data is on parameters not necessarily of pain but on for instance how long does it take how was the person appearing when uh, when the death sentence was being given so the physical aspects of pain uh and particularly with hanging how did the hanging death by hanging happen because in hanging uh what is meant to be uh done for a humane uh quote and quote humane way of executing a person is that your spinal the uh, bones in the neck they have to break but often what also happens is death by asphyxiation so you try and clinicalize the whole mechanism to see if there is pain or not so for instance in one of the cases in the us where electrocution electric chair when it was still legal uh, one of the things that got it a uh, sort of out of fashion was the fact that people in one execution could see the person's hair on fire because it took that long for the electric current to take effect so it's almost like the spectacle of pain becomes a measure many times of whether a method of execution is humane or not so you were talking about spectacle of pain so other factor uh, you think is important in this context is 
how long it takes uh, for the execution to be completed right because whether it is so let's say lethal injection now generally there is a it's a three drug protocol it, that's how it started uh, the first drug is an anesthetic the other the second drug is a paralytic and the third is the eventual thing that kills which is a and induces a, a cardiac arrest now you can see from the protocol itself that the idea is to reduce the effect of vis- the visual of pain because if you are numbed if you are paralyzed you can't react and then the cardiac arrest happens but in many botched executions in the us and there have been many in the past years uh, by lethal injection as well what the spectators who in the us you can view an execution and what the spectators have reported is that the person was gasping for breath for a long time or that it took it after a certain amount of time passed that the person died uh, so yeah so the time taken to for the drug to take effect or for the electric uh, in the in case of electric chair for the electricity to take effect to stop your heart uh, which means that other aspects of your other organs are getting in the case of electric chair are literally burning before you can eventually die so that is the function of time okay so w- what is the preferred preferred as in <laughs> i'm using that word advisedly right. preferred mode of execution in countries uh, that do have the death penalty in developed countries and developing countries what is the global trend as it were so there's a mix hanging is also a common method of execution for instance in uh, india of course uh, but singapore in malaysia in japan uh, and the other forms of uh, execution that exist are of course like you mentioned the lethal injection uh, which is predominantly in the us but some i mean we don't have data from china but also in the in china uh, then firing squads have been used in the us as well firing squad as or death by firing i guess uh, is also a method allowed in india under the military and paramilitary legislations uh, and one of the other means which is making a comeback in the us is uh, by nitrous oxide where you essentially it's a gas chamber lastly it's the electric chair which is uh, out of use large like yeah in in most countries and in most states in the us as well electric chair is not used so hanging is and lethal injection would be the big one okay what about europe what about europe or france which probably uh, by popular imagination invented the guillotine what is the mode of execution in europe uh, so europe as a state as as a block of nations has outlawed the death penalty itself uh, because the experience of being on death row including execution is considered to be so psychologically damaging that it violates their standards of right to life so europe does not execute except belarus belarus still executes okay okay right i think that's a very important point you made we'll probably come back to that later uh, in this discussion so in this particular case which was uh, before the supreme court the petitioner argued that lethal injection is more humane than uh, death by hanging so i wanted to sort of hear from you is there merit to this argument Uh, because to me at least it seems uh, from what you have said just now about lethal injection you're saying it first it it sort of there is an anesthesia then there is a paralytic injection and then there is cardiac arrest inducing injection so it does seem to me at least on the face of it more humane and but the government has objected to uh, this switch to lethal injection so can you talk about 
is there any merit to this argument from the petitioner and why does the government object to it right so i would say that there is no merit to this argument that lethal injections are more humane quote unquote because again the function of the anesthesia and the paralysis is to numb the body but it does not take away the pain that may be caused by the last drug which is a, a heart attack inducing the cardiac arrest uh, inducing drug right now that is one aspect of it but the other aspect there are multiple things which happen one is for instance in the us executions are not done by doctors they they are wardens which are who are trained to uh, conduct these executions by lethal injection the other is that the person's individual uh, physiology so uh, recently there was a study uh, where executions data on a bunch of executions the post mortem reports and autopsies were looked at by two doctors who essentially said that while the person's pain was not necessarily visible they died of pulmonary edema which is that there is liquid in the lungs but as the viewer as the spectator i can't see it but as a person who might still be paralyzed i can still feel the pain right because paralysis doesn't mean pain isn't happening what it only means is you can't see it so that the uh, anesthesia or the uh, paralytic will actually prevent pain is something that has been that uh, people in the us who study executions have objected to right so there is this distinction you're making between a perceived pain and what actually a person uh, goes through which may not be sort of uh, visible to the onlooker or whoever is watching it now the government of india during this hearing has said uh, quote and quote the procedure by which a death sentence is to be executed is dependent upon a variety of factors such as economic feasibility availability of skilled and technical personnel equipment and resources so this seems to be a lot going on over uh, this whole thing of killing someone so can you unpack what the government means here like how does india do we have a skilling program for uh, executors like how do you create a skilled pool of technical personnel who will be good at executions right so again i mean when we are talking about the death penalty we are talking about absurdist theater in a way uh, and particularly when we are discussing how to kill another person so a few years ago when uh, before the last executions happened in 2020 there was some news that so and so person in uh, one of the states was going to be executed and there was a rush to find executioners because the state didn't have any executioners there was also the problem that the gallows had been unused for many many years so now the gallows need to be fit for the execution to happen uh, properly uh, so there is no i guess professional program to <laughs> train how to execute someone but what is there if you look at the model prison manual is step by step on how do you place the rope uh, what is the length of the rope what is the what is the drop that needs to happen uh, based which is based on the weight of the person so there are these technical operating procedures that people assume will lead to a again quote unquote painless death right so we we keep hearing that uh, death penalty is only meant to be handed out in the rarest of rare cases of criminality and yet uh, from newspaper reports one gathers that in one year alone 2022 
trial courts handed out 165 death penalties in india so how do we understand this? this is the rarest of rare becoming the commonest of common place in india what is going on so i think there are a couple of things happening one is that increasingly we are prescribing the death penalty for offenses uh, which is completely against the international trend where more and more states are abolishing the death sentence so legislatively you have more offenses for which the death penalty is being given the other thing which has always been a problem and uh, two of our studies uh, which looked at judgments uh, from trial courts who uh, which which uh, imposed the death sentence they found that trial courts themselves were struggling to understand what is a rarest of rare category right because from the supreme court there is no clear direction to that so the trial courts end up giving more and more death sentences but you see that the supreme court is saying no this was done improperly so for instance in the 2021 uh, there were or 2022 there were a bunch of cases where the supreme court had consistently said that the manner in which the trial court has handed out the death sentence is not correct that the requirements that were uh, to be fulfilled on behalf of the state were not done and therefore the court the supreme court is itself recognizing that we are not quite doing it or imposing death in the correct manner and you also see that with the uh, la- last year's referral to a five judge bench where the court's interested in understanding what does it mean to one give a meaningful hearing to the accused in a death penalty case what are its requirements and contours and how do you uniformize a system which imposes the death sentence so the problem is at the trial court but also that more and more offenses keep getting added like what offenses have been added which were not there earlier so uh, for instance in 2018 uh the indian penal code was amended to provide uh, for the death penalty for the rape uh, of a child below 12 years old so non homicidal rape uh 2013 the uh, ipc was amended to provide for rape uh, if it leaves the su- survivor in a vegetative state then you have newer legislation which is calling for the death penalty like the Hi- hijacking uh, act which provides for the death penalty so there is and you can hear it in like you know public discourse as well that if there is an offense then people start automatically ca- calling for the death penalty even i mean things like let's say in bihar right their legislation uh, prohibiting alcohol calls for the death penalty death penalty for what offense uh so there the offense is uh, spurious uh, liquor ke liye uh, if you are selling you can be given the death penalty oh okay so you you can see that various states including maharashtra uh, andhra pradesh uh, have passed acts which provide for the death penalty for rape uh, of an adult woman so on the one hand so what i'm hearing from you is on the one hand you, uh, we have this whole principle that death penalty should be awarded in the rarest of rare cases number one number two the supreme court or nobody has defined what is rarest of rare and number three you have an example of uh, death penalty being awarded for selling spurious liquor i can't think of anything more common than the sale of spurious liquor across length and breadth of india how is it rarest of rare so i think it is two things one is that in terms of what is rarest of rare and whether we have it defined in the law so as you may know and as the listeners may know in bachchan singh uh, in 1980 the court tried to 
define in a way rarest of rare and it provided for a two step process for when the death penalty can be given so the first step is you look at aggravating factors which largely pertain to the crime the second is you look at mitigating factors which largely pertain to the person and then once you once that is done then you go and decide whether the possibility of life imprisonment is unquestionably foreclosed so it's a two step process and the biggest problem which happens is that what is an aggravating factor what is a mitigating factor is not entirely clear and what weightage should be given to individual factors so there is they try to define it but it's consistently we've found evidence uh, through our research that it's not working out so coming back to the actual mode of uh, execution so is there any possibility some some observers have have sort of referred to this i also i wanted to hear from is there any possibility of technological advances making the execution absolutely painless instantaneous with zero chance of botching of execution is that can technology make that possible i don't think so because couple of things i think there one is that each individual's physiology and physiological makeup is different so standardized procedures do not cater to that uh, second the execution is by a human there is human element involved and there necessarily needs to be that human element involved which can go wrong as you see in the us where uh, even the smallest thing which can cause a lot of pain right that you are not being able to try to find the vein in which the injection should be put right so you you are you are uh, jabbing the person repeatedly with the injection because you are unable to find the correct vein so so no i don't think there can be any technological advancements which can deliver death in a dignified manner but i also think that there is an another aspect to it which is not in that sense physical pain there is also a lot of psychological torture and pain involved when it comes to the death sentence so if we are looking at the question of pain one we can't purely look at physicality of pain we have to understand the psychological nature of the death penalty and the psychological impact that it has on the person the other thing i think is just on questions of whether it's a dignified process whether it conforms to constitutional promises of dignity and i would think that where dignity in a country like ours where dignity is given such a strong meaning in our constitutional jurisprudence for us to be discussing manners in which to put other people to death fails that constitutional promise uh, so while there is a, an aspect of pain there is also the aspect of dignity and can it really be uncruel to kill someone else and i would think the answer is no right you know uh, so maitri you've been a part of this project that has done a great deal of work on uh, death row prisoners and you just spoke about how there is uh, when you, the moment you start talking about the best or the most humane mode of execution you're failing the constitutional promise of uh, dignity so just one final uh, comment from you on this aspect no so the supreme court did make it very clear during this hearing 
that it is not getting into the question of whether capital punishment should be there or not that is not the debate they are accepting it without question and then they went on to talk about this mode of uh, execution so in this context is there anything you would like to share from your work uh, with death row prisoners uh, to do with the logistics and the psychological pain uh, very quickly on this aspect before we wind up so just two things one is that uh, during the course of the hearings the chief justice uh, actually did comment and wonder very openly whether there can ever be a constitutionally permissible way of executing someone uh, and again he wasn't going into the constitutionality of the death penalty per se but if there is no constitutional constitutionally permissible way of executing the death sentence then the whole idea of the death penalty is rendered academic so that's one thing but the other thing is that what is the psychological experience of being sentenced to death so whether it is in a legal representation work or the study that we did uh, called death worthy which was on the mental health and death penalty one of the things that we found was that from the moment that a person is sentenced to death from the moment that they are set, told they are death worthy intense psychological trauma sits in people often uh, faint they they become numb shivering all of these are physiological responses to trauma uh, or a traumatic event but then after that also there is the daily ness of the death penalty the daily pain of death penalty thinking constantly wondering when you are going to be executed what will happen to your future so that uncertainty of the death penalty which in a certain context the supreme court has said will render the death penalty unconstitutional so we have jurisprudence to say that uh, where the person is waiting for their mercy petition filed before the president or the executive the uncertainty of the outcome of knowing the outcome may render the death penalty unconstitutional in that given case and what we found is that there's this pain of uncertainty sits in from the moment of the death penalty rather than suddenly it you know setting in uh, at one particular stage uh, when you are awaiting your execution right you know these two points i think they they haven't really been addressed in this entire debate on humane modes of execution which are sort of restricted to the physical aspect but you spoke eloquently about the psychological pain number one and number two the uncertainty of knowing the entire process how it's going to pan out when it will pan out and i was also just wondering maybe you can come in quickly on this aspect what does it say see death penalty and capital punishment is also it's not just a matter of jurisprudence it i mean i believe it's also much more it says something about the society about the culture i don't know does it say for instance that a society which believes in executing people for whatever crime is it more bloodthirsty than say western europe where they clearly take a stand that it is a violation of human dignity what does it say about one's culture you know i mean i think that's a really good question i think the death penalty the existence of the death penalty brutalizes us as a society because even this discussion on modes of execution we we start speaking of it in very sciencey terms and we try to make it all very clinical and what we actually want is so for us to not feel the reduction in our dignity by watching somebody die painfully physically you know physically visible and so what it says for us as a society as a culture is i mean it's a 
difficult question, I guess, but for me, it does indicate that it, there is a knock-on effect on how we then start thinking of human life uh, and what we make of human life, what is the promise of human life. Uh, it takes away the complete, the belief that we have very common things people tell us, give them a second chance. And here we are ready to take away life and not give another person a second chance or the chance that they deserve. I, I don't want to compare it to Western Europe because I, I guess each each sensibility is different. But I would say that when it comes to the death penalty, when it comes to discussions on is the death penalty unconstitutional, let me put it like that, I think our own constitutional jurisprudence and our own con- the developments in the constitutional jurisprudence very strongly indicate that we are a constitutional democracy which has rejected ideas of dignity which harm another person. Uh, and so those the, 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 the development in the constitutional jurisprudence of dignity itself indicates that the death penalty may no longer be something that our constitutional morality permits for. Right. I think that's a very good point you're making here. I think what you're trying to say, I, and if I may paraphrase it, is that the very logic of our constitution, the very spirit of it, the grain of what is written in there goes against the idea of uh, death penalty itself. And uh, whether we have it in the statute books or not, is a separate issue. But the constitutional morality, as you said, uh, mitigates and militates against it. Thank you so much, Maitri, for joining us. I I don't know if I should say it was a pleasure talking to you about (laughs) this. But yes, thank you so much for uh, sharing your uh, expert inputs on this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sampat. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.